Hello. Hello. He's Oliver. She's Lucy. And you're listening to Anyway Movies. The podcast of film fanatics and movie maniacs. The podcast of discussions, debates and occasional distractions as we talk about all things cinema. If you like what you hear, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on podcasting platforms. Big shout out to my sister Molly for creating the logo and images for our podcast. Give her a follow on Instagram at underscore Molly underscore Joanne underscore. Now that's all out of the way, dim the lights, turn the projector on. And let's start the episode. Good morning, Oliver. Well, it's just gone afternoon, so good afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Lucy. So today we are going to be reviewing The Prestige. It's our first ever film review. What? 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 Long time coming in like, what, a week? In a week. (laughs) We haven't. (laughs) This is our first one, guys. So yeah, so for the next two episodes, me and Oliver are going to be talking about our favourite films. And this week is my favourite film, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. Woo! Yes, this is the spoiler-free section. So if you have not watched this movie yet, do not worry. We will not be talking spoilers at this time. So please listen, because I personally, obviously recommend this movie but i don't know what oliver thinks yet no. so we will have to see all i will say is if you do plan on watching this movie do go in blind yeah i agree with that that's all i will say right now <laughs> so oliver do you want to tell us a little bit more about the film okay well the film the prestige is about two friends two magicians, rather, they become enemies after a sudden tragedy. And as they devote themselves to this rivalry between each other, they make sacrifices and, you know, consequences ensue. Yes, I like that description. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I (laughs) I worked very hard on it. The movie was based off a novel by the same name, the Prestige by Christopher Priest, written in 1995. And it was written as a collection of diary entries, which explains why the movie is filmed the way it is. There are flashbacks and flash forwards, and the story follows as our two main protagonists, Alfred Borden, played by Christian Bale, and Robert Angier, played by Hugh Jackman are reading diary entries written by the other. Yeah, so what did you think of it? Because we haven't properly talked about your thoughts yet because we wanted to get them out onto the podcast. I'm really interested to see how you thought because this is Oliver's first time watching it. He'd never seen this film before. Um, Uh I told him that this episode was going to be a thing. So, so I was really looking forward to hearing your thoughts, Oliver. Okay, so I like the movie. Good. <laughs> and I think it was very well acted. One thing I did really like about the movie is the sound design, specifically when we were um, looking at Tesla's experiments. Oh, by the way, Nikola Tesla. 
is also in the movie. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> Played by the one and only David Bowie. Just genius casting. Really is. Just say. Really is. Brilliant. Whoever came up with that idea needs a raise. And like, just like the sound design, like of the the electricity, I was like in awe. I was watching this movie with headphones in. And it was just like surround sound. Oh, I can imagine that. Like the hair on the back of my neck was sticking up at the electricity. I was like, oh. Also, though, my head really hurt <laughs> after. Really? Well, I spent the whole movie trying to figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and like in the last half an hour, 20 minutes, I was just sort of sat there being like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then after. Finishing the movie, I was like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, this movie is amazing at making you feel really stupid. But, <laughs> honestly, guys, if you have not seen this movie yet, you will not be disappointed by the ending. It is just so good. It's going to be very hard to talk about it without spoiling it, but we're doing this for you. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, we've got a spoiler section later, which we can talk about, so it's fine. Yeah, I just think it's really important to let people know how amazing this movie is. And it's also important to let them go in knowing as little as possible. Oh, yeah. Because I went into this movie, I've been a massive fan. This, is, this has been my favourite movie for two years. I watched it two years ago in July. I actually remember what month it was. That's how, like, <laughs> dedicated I am. Ever since I've just been obsessed with it. Jose, what is it about the movie that makes you love it so much? What is it that made you think, this is my favourite movie? I just love the story. <laughs> um, I have not read the book yet, but I am planning on doing it because I just love the story so much. And I love the aura around it the atmosphere i like where it's set it's set in the late 1800s i believe so it has that really nice background to it and i i also love the costume design that was that i've i've actually written down who did the costume design joan bergen queen queen well done all i'm gonna say is watching it for the first time seeing hugh jackman in a top hat and a cane just made me think of The Greatest Showman. Honestly, and and I don't know if you know this, Oliver, but this film is a part of the Michael Caine magician duology. So there's this film, and then there's Now You See Me, in which Michael Caine is also playing a part that has something to do with magicians. So... The Michael Caine magician duology. Yes. Did you just come up with that just now? No, it was in my notes <laughs> as I was watching the film. I, I watched the film again last night, and then that is my first note that I wrote because he he showed up on screen, and I was like, oh yeah, he was in Now You See Me too, which is also about magicians. So I had to write it down. I couldn't I couldn't let it be ignored, you know? No. 
Okay, so also in the cast, we should say, so Christian Bale playing Alfred Borden. His stage name is The Professor. Hugh Jackman playing Robert Angier. His stage name is The Great Danton. Michael Caine as Cutter. Scarlett Johansson as Olivia Westcombe. Rebecca Hall as Sarah. We love Sarah. We do love her. Oh. I have a lot to say about Sarah. Piper Parebo as Julia McCullough. Of course, David Bowie as Nikola Tesla. I, I, I still can't believe that that is a sentence. I can't believe that's a sentence. I was saying this to you before we started recording, how going into the movie, I'd never seen anything and I didn't know who was in it. I didn't know anything about it. But there was this one scene between Tesla and Angia that I had seen. It's not really spoiling anything, so I can say. But it's a scene as when they're talking about obsession and how humanity can only really handle one change at a time. I was sat there watching it being like, why does this seem so familiar to me? Finish the scene, being like, I know I've seen the scene somewhere before. Then going into doing research about it, turns out, other than the ending, this is arguably the most famous scene of the movie. And I saw online that I wasn't the only one who had seen that particular scene first before the movie. So I just thought that was interesting. You see, that is wild because before I watched the film, I hadn't seen any of it. So when David Bowie appeared on my screen, my entire world just came crumbling down. I was like, excuse me, what is he doing here? It it, it took me out of it for a few seconds, but then... As he was on screen more, I started to get, like, really into it. I was like, actually, he's doing a really good job. He was really understated as well, and I liked that. Yeah, he wasn't too over the top. He wasn't going full labyrinth. No, it wasn't over-eccentric, but there was definitely, like, a... There was, like, a distance between him and the other characters, as in, like, he is fairly superior but it wasn't mm. done as in he was over-eccentric or he was a mad scientist or he was this over-the-top creative inventor. But there was still this sort of balance of he is of a higher intelligence and I quite liked how subtle it was. I mean, I think that the, the most eccentric character in the film is Ali, played by Andy Serkis, who is kind of Tesla's right-hand man, I guess. Mm. I think he's more eccentric than Bowie is, but still a really good character, and I quite liked him in this. They balanced each other out Uh, well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, there's there's just a lot. I love the tricks. Oh, the tricks. Um, There's not, like, one stage scene where I was you know, not interested. Like, even after multiple watches, I still want to know what happens, even though I know what's coming. But I think it's especially good when you're watching it the first time and you don't know how it's going to all end up. Throughout the film, Angia and Borden try to sort of outdo each other with their tricks. And the way they do that is just so entertaining and so funny but also quite suspenseful as well. It's kind of got that nice balance. 
that I quite liked. It's it's probably one of my favourite sections of the film. Yeah. Just them trying to outdo each other and steal each other's tricks and stuff. It, it's really, really good. It shows the immaturity of the characters and how they grow throughout the film. Yeah, I feel like Borden and Angia, I feel like they're very much two sides of the same coin. Yes. They definitely. are very much alike and follow similar patterns throughout the movie. But then there are certain instances where they slightly diverge. Like you see how in similar situations they react differently or how in similar situations how they cope with loss of control or gaining control. And yeah. it's a big theme. A big theme of the movie itself is sacrifice and what are you willing to give up or give into and their different versions of sacrifice as well comes up quite a bit no i don't think that we should go on anymore without mentioning the one and only michael kane as doctor of course he he's probably my favorite character in the film and i only came to this conclusion last night (laughs) when i was watching it because like throughout the entire thing, I thought Sarah was my favorite character, and even though Sarah is an unbelievable character, I think Cutter just about beats her to it. I just sort of love how he's always on the side of whoever's winning. That is true. <laughs> because mood. <laughs> that is true. What did you think of Kane? No, I liked him. I, in the context of the film, I liked him. If he was a real person, I think I would really hate him. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. It's very much like you don't actually have your own. In the context of the film, it makes sense and it works, but he doesn't really have very much of his own motivation other than just being on the side of whoever's winning, like you've said. Mm. And I think it was funny and also helped show a side of certain characters that maybe we wouldn't have seen if he wasn't there. I would just have liked him to have uh, have had something else. Like it didn't have to be big. It didn't have to be his own story arc or or anything. But just something else that didn't make him just oh I'm on this side. No, I'm on that side. Oh, I'm on this side. Oh, I'm on that side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can I can I can get behind that. Yeah. Because we don't really know much about him, do we? Well, we know that he has like a lot of connections, which is how. Borden and Angie sort of got their start in the business. Yes. And I, I, I just found it really funny how he just has contacts everywhere so they can literally get into any theatre. that They can just kick a show out to replace them with Angie or Borden and it's all down to Cutter. Um, also, I've just realised this. I don't know if there's any sort of, like, why this is. Maybe it is coincidence, but Angie Borden and Cutter is ABC. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this means anything, but film theorists go off. <laughs> <laughs> Indulgence. Is it easy as one? Oh, God. Do, Remy. <laughs> T. Pa. 
Sorry, guys. That was an in-joke from when me and Oliver did a number from Sound of Music. <laughs> and, all- <laughs> and all we did was say, well, I had I had laugh in the Do Re Mi song. And <laughs> Oliver had laugh. And the entire song was just me and Oliver going, Tea, la. La. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Our first tangent, Woo! guys. Applaud us. Applaud us. So, are there any other spoiler free thoughts that you had on the movie? The the very start, the introduction, when it's Michael Caine narrating the three stages of a magic trick. I thought it was a really good introduction. It like, very quickly brought me in and very made me really go, okay, I'm focused. Yeah, I love the beginning of the film. I, I quite like films that kind of go up, so maybe it has like a bit of a bad beginning, but then as the film goes on, it gets better. But I think what sets this movie apart is the fact that, in my opinion, it's very consistently good mm. throughout. So it has a very strong start, a very strong middle, and a very strong prestige. Ha ha. Get Ha-ha. it. Get it. Ha ha. Ha I'm 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 really funny. <laughs> For me, it's just very consistent, which is why it is my favourite film. Nice. I just love it. I'm still not bored of it. I've watched it five times, I think, which doesn't sound like a lot, to be fair, but it's quite a lot for me. (laughs) So now we are getting into the prestige spoilers. So I repeat, if you have not seen this film yet, please do not listen any further Go on Netflix. If you're from the UK, it is on Netflix. Go and watch it, then come back. You have been warned. If you choose to stay and you end up being spoiled and you get a bit angry, your own fault. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? Seriously, though, do not spoil this movie for yourself. Don't do it to yourself. Don't. Okay, so... Hello, everybody who has seen this film. Well done. You are cultured. <laughs> wow. I am kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how many episodes it would take us to get to that point. <laughs> I think we can't do spoilers without talking about the ending. We can't. We can't do it. So, the plot twist. The Borden twins. Oh, my God. Yep, Fallon. And Alfred, twin brothers, who, who play each other. Who play each other? They keep swapping. So no one actually knows who is the real Alfred and who is the real Freddy. The only times it's clear which one is Freddy is when in the scenes when he is with Sarah and Sarah can tell. On what day he means I love you. Yeah. Okay, this is one of the things that I kind of had a gripe with (laughs) throughout the movie before realising the twist. Right, okay. Because in the very first scene when that is shown is 
after she's just announced to Freddy, but at that point we think it's Alfred. She's just announced that she's pregnant. Not knowing the twist, his immediate reaction is, oh wow, that's great. Anyway, back to magic. No, but there is something else that I noticed with that as well. When Sarah tells him that she's pregnant, he says, oh, we should have told Fallon. Oh my God, yeah. Which, on multiple viewings, you now realise why he said that. Because Fallon... At that point, is Alfred. And he's the father of the baby. Oh. So many things, man. Honestly, the multiple watches is way better than the first. Mm. Because you see things that you never even realise. Like, when Sarah keeps saying, you know, today you don't mean it and today you do mean it, it's because... I think she can tell that either he has multiple personality disorder or he is two separate people that just walk the same. I think it's more simple than that. I think it's just, from what I got, it was more just the fact that he's so devoted to his craft that on some days that is more important to him than his feelings in the context of what Sarah sees. In the context of the film, mm-hmm. and as the audience, we know it's because they're two separate people. It's just, today, you love the magic more than you love me. To, uh, tomorrow, oh, you love me more than you love your actual work. That's a really good way of seeing it. I've never seen it that way. But that's actually really good. The whole Borden thing was kind of nudged at. Oh. Near the start of the film. You know when Angie and Borden go and see the Chinese magician? Yeah. And then they wait to see him afterwards and he goes to his carriage and he's hobbling along and then Christian Bale says, this is the trick. It's total devotion to his, to his art. He's pretending to be old and doddery. So when he does these amazing things... It's unbelievable because you can't believe that someone who's so frail and ill can pull off something so amazing. But he tells Angia that that's him pretending to be old. That's the trick. And that's exactly what Borden is doing with his twin. And also the scene where Borden is, well, Alfred Borden, is working as a assistant and they do the bird trick where they push the cage down under the table and then make it look like the cage and the bird has disappeared. Oh, the bird has reappeared, when in actuality they've just crushed and killed the bird and then had a second bird to hand. Yeah. And the little boy straight away goes, where's his brother? Yes. The moment. Yeah it was revealed at the end that they were twins. That was the first scene that came into my head, and I'm like, this little boy could see it straight away. I I, I put in my notes, the kid is smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> smarter than That's both of us. And also, when Angia keeps telling, keeps asking Borden what knot he tied, Oh. And Borden keeps saying, I don't know. That's because the person he's talking to didn't actually do the knot. It was the other twin. Mm. It's so clever. It's so clever. I love it. Literally, 
like a big part of the movie is just Hugh Jackman going, how could he not know? Robert Angio like becomes sort of the villain, but you can sort of see where he's coming from. I mean, I've put in my notes, I'm not sure whose side to be on. Yeah, literally. Like, you don't know whether to side with Angia because obviously his wife died because, because of the twins. Borden's mistake. Borden, on the other hand, you kind of feel for him as well. So it's a toss-up. You really don't know who to feel sorry for and who to root against. Well, this is calling back to them being the same, like two sides of the same coin and them being very much alike. Because I don't think either one of them is... A good person. <laughs> mm. I, I, I guess that's what I love about it. They're both very flawed people. But, and if I knew either of them in real life, I'd probably hate them both. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. So, moving on from the twist, can we talk about how Hugh Jackman also plays a twin? Yeah, he does. <laughs> I was like, it took me like a second to be like, is that Hugh Jackman playing another character? Or is that just someone who looks a lot like Hugh Jackman? Yes, we are talking about the character of Root. Woo! Who is the funniest character in the entire film. Root is my favourite character. I love Root. He is great. And you can tell that Hugh Jackman is having the absolute time of his life playing that part. It's so fun. An out-of-work actor. That is just drunk all the time. Mood. Mood. Yeah, I really, really loved his character and I love that whole segment yeah. where he pretends to be Angia. And I love that when he says that, um, like, like you know, where Angia says to him, okay, you need to get out of your clothes because uh, anyone can walk in at any second. And then Root says, he says something along the lines of, oh, I think I'm going to keep them on. I like being you. It amuses me. Something like that. And, oh, it's just so good. It's so good. And I kind of love his friendship with Olivia as well. Yeah. That is just a really fun segment of the film that I really loved. I really liked how... So the whole point of that bit is them trying to figure out how Borden does the transported man. And Cutter says, well, clearly he uses a double. And because we don't know the twist at this point, we're like, well, no, (laughs) that would be too simple. Like, no one ever actually uses twins or doubles. My favourite game that I like to play when I watch The Prestige again is to guess which twin is which in which scene it's my favorite game and i don't think i've completed it yet (laughs) i'm still very confused over which twin is which sometimes but yeah it's very entertaining on multiple watches honestly i can't wait for the second time you watch it because you're gonna see so much that you didn't get the first time i think this leads us on to delving a bit more into the whole sacrifice and how it's different for them shall we talk about the sudden sci-fi element right yes so before recording i mentioned to oliver that this was the sort of bit that i was a bit questionable on 
obviously after multiple watches I've grown used to it and I'm fine with it now but basically there is a segment of the film where Angia asks Tesla to make him some sort of invention that can help him do the transported man without using a double and Tesla does it he does it they make Hugh Jackman clones yeah this was the bit where I was like right okay I am not sure I am liking this this is gonna sound really weird that the entire film up to this point you could see possibly happening yeah you can see how these tricks would have been done. It's very realistic. But then this comes up. Oh, you can do clones now in the late 1800s. And it's just sort of... It, it took me out of it the first, second time. Yeah. But obviously, like I said, after multiple rewatches, I've sort of made my peace with it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I feel like... As sci-fi goes, because it wasn't the main element of the movie, it was only near the end, and also because like there wasn't that much focus put on it as such. Like it was built up fairly well throughout the movie without much attention being brought to it until it was shown. Oh, this is a machine. This is what it does. Mm. <laughs> I feel like as a sci-fi element, I think it was a lot more grounded. Than other than it could yes. have been, yeah. and so and I appreciate that, but I do agree that it did take me out of it, and I was just it made the, the it made the movie so confusing near the end. Yeah, I feel like did. that was kind of the point though, because it was supposed to keep you on your toes. Like the main thing that sort of kept cropping up throughout the movie is this whole: you don't really want to know how they do it but you do at the same time. So to throw that in there, it takes you off the path and does... It, it mixes things up, for better or for worse. It does. Yeah, of course it makes sense to me now why they had that in there. Yeah, first time I wasn't a massive fan. But the way that they do it in the film is really good. Like, cinematography-wise, just the entire effect of it is just really, really good. Really well done. Yeah. That leads on to how... I've said this a couple of times already, but properly saying it now, what sacrifice means to them differently. Borden, it's basically living half a life. He ba- he basically wrecks his marriage, which leads to Sarah becoming an alcoholic and depressed, and then she takes a life. And he also maybe loses his daughter, because I still don't know at the end who is who. <laughs> the Alfred who shoots Angia at yeah. the end... That is Sarah's dad. Oh, so that's the original. So he got his daughter in the end. And and, and, and this is what I put in my notes. Despite everything that they, sac- that they sacrificed, they both got what they yes. wanted. Angia got his standing ovation. He did. Borden got his daughter. So after everything they've been through, they both got what they wanted at the end. Except for, obviously, the Borden twin who 
unfortunately gets hanged. Can we just talk about the fact that his last words are abracadabra? Because man, I yeah, I had to rewind that bit a couple of times because he says it so softly. I couldn't he does, hear what he yeah. said. So I was watching it and I was like, what is he saying? What is he saying? And it took me like four or five times for me to be like, oh, he's saying abracadabra. But just the <laughs> way it cuts to him being hung to then the twin revealing himself and shooting yeah. Angia. Absolutely mental. Honestly. Like it wasn't until um, Angia literally says, though, like twins, that it clicked because I still didn't believe that it was going to be twins. It's because we kind of follow through Angia's obsession with the fact that it can't be a double. It can't be a double. So, of course, we start to believe that he could be right. He could be onto something. So we're following his story, trying to see you know, how Borden does his trick. We're intrigued then. So then when we find out that actually it was a double, but it wasn't what we thought, it makes it even more hard to watch, really. Because you're seeing Angia, after all of these years of being obsessed with how he did this trick, realising that Cutter was right all along. Oh, good old Cutter. Everyone was right. He was using a double. It's absolutely mental and kind of makes you feel sorry for him when he dies, even though he has turned out to be an absolute <laughs> prick. <laughs> I mean, he tried to get Borden's daughter. Like, that is oh. just too far. I mean, I get that he killed his wife, but that was an accident. That wasn't done out of malice, but taking the daughter, that that isn't an accident. I mean, he, he did way yeah. worse. But obviously, the wife's death scene is very, very sad. From the dinner scene, when it's her, Freddie, Olivia, which is Scarlett Johansson, and Fallon, and like you could see how upset she was because she, like, she was like she at that point she already suspected that her husband was having an affair. Like yeah. from that scene onwards, I'm like, I, I think I can see where this is going. And I was, and I was like, and I really hope it would wouldn't. I feel like a lot of movies go that route, and I don't think it was done in a bad way. I think when it, the scene happened and she did hang herself, it was like the build up was really good to it, and it didn't feel out of place. But it was, it was kind of like I could see it from a mile away. I just love Sarah. Rebecca Hall was amazing yeah. in this film. I just love how innocent she was, but also she wasn't afraid to Mm. speak her mind if she felt that Borden wasn't doing anything right. (laughs) The way that she looked after him after he lost his fingers. And she always put her daughter first. And yeah, I just love Sarah a lot. And when she died, it was quite upsetting because obviously the same happened to Angie as well so when Sarah took a life that was kind of Angie and Borden being square because they both have their wives but hers I think was a lot sadder than Julia's even though Julia's death was really sad as well I just think Sarah because we knew her a lot more we yeah. got to know more about her story and her arc and 
the way that she felt about the marriage, it was very upsetting for her to have that send-off, but it, it couldn't have happened any other way. I mean, it's like you just said, you kind of could see it coming, but you sort of didn't yeah. want it to happen. <laughs> oh my goodness, this film. I just can't deal with it. It's so good. Literally, after finishing watching it, I didn't know how I felt straight away because, like, I thought it was acted well. I thought it was directed well. Um, the twist blew my head off. But because yeah. like I'd spent so long trying to figure out what the hell was going on, my initial reaction was, I don't know how I feel. And the next day, I still didn't know how I felt. It took a couple of days mm. for it to properly sink in. And once it did, I was like, okay, I think I like this movie. I mean, it's like I've said multiple times this episode, it does get better the more you watch it, mm. in my opinion. I distinctly remember the first time I watched it and I could barely sleep that night because I could—I just kept thinking of it over and over and thinking of all the things that I missed. And then the next day, my parents watched it. I actually sat my parents down and I was like, right, you guys are watching this film. <laughs> and what did your parents think? <laughs> my parents like it, yeah. They're kind of on the same thing as you. Like, it's not their favourite film, but they do like it. And the twist blew their head off too. This was quite funny because my dad is usually very good at pinpointing stuff in films. He he basically calls out whatever is about my to dad's exactly the same. Which sometimes is very annoying because he could spoil it for us all by saying those things. But with this film, he didn't see it. He didn't say any thing that happened he was just completely lost the entire time until the end and then he was like oh I'm so angry that I didn't catch that and I was like yeah it makes you feel pretty stupid doesn't it (laughs) because it's so funny because when you see Fallon like you very rarely see Fallon's face but when you but when you see his face, it is so obviously Christian Bale. It is so obvious. But you but you're not looking for Christian Bale when you see Fallon because it's not in your was, head. But like it's, other things that set up the fact that they were twins was like he was very devoted to Fallon. Yes, that scene where Andrea puts him in that grave and digs him and then Borden has to go and dig yeah. him up to save him. And then him. the end and he was very frantic, and I, I, I was sort of like, I mean, I get that they're friends, but I wonder why he seems so dead set I, on saving him. In because... the moment, I just assumed it was because he was his second hand, so he probably knew maybe not everything, but he knew the most about his magic tricks, and because his work was one of the most important things to him, I just assumed that's what it was. But then at the ending, when they're standing face to face and Borden is about to be executed, Fallon starts tearing up and Borden says, you have to go and live for the both of us. It's the first time we ever hear Fallon speak and it's Christian Bale's voice. I'm like, what? I was like, what is this? No, it didn't even cross my mind. If you look at um, like the casting for it online or on IMDb, the only 
credit Christian Bale as Alfred Borden and Hugh Jackman as Robert Angier. So we don't know about... So if you just went in looking for... The, if you just went looking at the cast before watching the movie, you still would have no idea. I, I really appreciate it because it's just so important that people watch it blind because it's just the best experience when you don't know what's going to happen. And I would have hated that twist to have been spoiled for me because it's so well done. So, final overview of our thoughts? Uh, It's a good film. I really appreciated the pacing of it as well. Yes. Yeah, definitely. The way it kept cutting back. Because usually when they keep cutting in with the timeline and doing jump cuts and all of this sort of stuff, I sometimes can't follow it. But with this film, I like, when it, it. When it first started at the beginning, I was a little bit like iffy about it just because like it could either go one of two ways and it very easily can go bad. But it didn't. And yeah, I appreciated that as well. I really like, yeah. again, the sound design. I only really touched on when we the sound design with Tesla and his experiments. But on the whole, there are moments of quiet and like emptiness that are used in empty theatres or like backstage. And the difference in levels of noise and sound, I really think helped create a really solid atmosphere. So obviously this is my favourite film of all time for the past two years. I mean, it is not a perfect film. There are flaws to it, like the whole clone thing, but it's fine. I absolutely love it. I I find things different with it every time I watch it. There's something different that I didn't notice the previous time, which I find really entertaining. It it makes it very rewatchable for me. I think it's directed very well. I think the performances are outstanding by everybody. There's not a single weak link in this entire cast, which is rare. I just really love it. I think it was a really good film to do. And it's made me want to read the book because apparently the book is really good. (laughs) So I am hoping that it is because this film will just never be topped by any other film right now, in my opinion. Unless something very good comes out <laughs> while I'm still alive, <laughs> which hopefully it will. I think it'll be a bit. I think it'll be a bit of a problem if no amazing film has come out since 2006. But well, we'll see. We'll see. I honestly don't have a bad word to say about this film. I just think it is very clever, very entertaining, and the rivalry between Borden and Angia is just one of the best things I've seen in film ever it's just so so good I would strongly recommend this film to anybody anybody who has a slight interest in film I would recommend this film definitely without a doubt so I guess that leads us on to the rating with every movie review we're gonna do a rating out of 10 and we're just gonna base what those 10 things are off of something that was very prominent in said film. This time, it's Top Hats, because there are a lot of Top Hats. Yep, so obviously it won't come as a surprise to anybody 
but this film gets 10 top hats out of 10 for me. I would like to give it a 7 out of 10 top hats. As long as it isn't anything below a 5. Oh, I'm going to give it half a top hat. (laughs) Trust me, you would have been kicked (laughs) off this podcast. (laughs) Next week... We are going to be talking about Oliver's favourite film, which we will not spoil yet. We will not spoil that. We will wait. You will have to wait a week, guys, to see what Oliver's favourite film is. But I am very much looking forward to that episode. (laughs) It's going to be a very good one. So if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow on Spotify and leave us a review on iTunes. Why not? Also, like our Facebook page. We do have a Facebook page. Like our. If you didn't page. catch that, Lucy would like you to like our Facebook page. I, I didn't know if that translated very well. Yeah, sorry if that wasn't very clear. And I guess we'll leave you on our favourite movie quote. Take it away, Lucy. Now you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. Because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know.